Welcome to the Thrive Project Podcast. Here we are on a journey together to discover wholehearted and meaningful living. The stories of others become our guides as we pursue our passions, forge our paths, and ultimately walk in the fullness of life. I am so glad you have joined me today. Hello, everybody. Welcome, you guys, to another Thrive Project interview. Um, I'm super excited today. We have my amazing friend Sally with us. She has been such an amazing woman in my life, um, has been a mentor for me. And really, um, when I started this podcast, well, when I started the idea for this podcast, it was about four years ago after I graduated from college. And that's about the time that me and Sally really met mm -hmm. and started getting together, going on walks, talking, and mm -hmm. talking about life and direction and um, figuring out really mm -hmm. what's purposeful, what's meaningful. And so she's been a big part of this journey with me. So I'm really Stoked to have her here today. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. So tell us a little bit. Well, I'll tell. I'll introduce her a little bit, and then she'll tell us more. But um, she has been a teacher, a missionary, a caregiver, and um, just lived really a devoted life to the Lord, and is a follower of Jesus most of all. So um, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then we'll kind of get into some more questions and things. Right. I um, grew up in Pasadena and uh, have a twin sister. And the special thing about uh, my twin is that uh, we both became Christians mm. on the same day at the same moment. And so, so we're cool. twins twice. Yes. And we've been on pretty much on the same page in many areas. And so it's been really a, mm. um, she's been a constant encouragement to me to just keep walking walking the path, yes. you know, and, and finding my my deepening relationship with the Lord. Mm. So um, I was in ninth grade when, I, when we became Christians. Mm. And at that time, I was kind of looking at, um, we had to do this career project. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I was going to be a missionary doctor. Mm. And I... <laughs> I've had different ideas, yes. so it's been interesting to kind of see where my life has gone since yeah. then. You know, it's hmm. been interesting to watch. Yeah, that's really cool. So tell us a little bit about calling and what you think the word calling means to you. Well, I used to think that it was my career, mm -hmm. the path that I was to walk, mm -hmm. and um I think as I've gotten older and grown and have experienced a lot of life, mm -hmm. um, it seems more that um, calling is, my calling in life is my relationship with Jesus mm -hmm. and that I'm called to follow him and walk in his footsteps, Yeah, to listen, mm -hmm. to listen to what he's telling me about himself and mm -hmm. about um the directions that he wants me to go mm -hmm. and paying attention to those signs. Mm. Um, some of it comes through his being in his word. Yeah. Um, some of it just comes by what's around me mm -hmm. and what I'm paying attention to. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's what I, I, it's changed. I didn't think yeah. that it was going to be, what it is, but it is just walking in his footsteps. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because it kind of, 
you know, we were talking a little bit before this interview and and one thing we we're talking about is just that perspective shift of, yeah. you know, having this idea in your mind of what calling looks like and maybe that it's this one thing, you know, but then when you boil it down to really my calling is to love God and love people and walk with him, you yeah. know, and in that there's so much freedom and there's so much diversity of what falls into right. that category, yeah. you know, and then it gives us the joy of discovering that and seeing lots of different things as part of part of that calling. Right. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, um, when I was in college, mm -hmm. I, um, I kept throwing these flyers away for Urbana. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and finally the last one came and I thought, Sally, you haven't even prayed about this. Mm -hmm. And that was a very significant mm. time where I did go to Urbana and um, I was sitting among uh, um, I was sitting with a woman who said, pay attention. And I was sitting next to a pastor and mm -hmm. the mis a missionary. And she said, pay attention to what they're talking about. And um, later found out that this missionary, um, God had amazing things for me to learn from mm -hmm. um, this missionary, Jack and his wife, uh, Marianne. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Jack was introduced as a person that was going to be teaching a class on missions. And mm. it was more on the life of Jonah as a mm -hmm. missionary. And it was fascinating. But he said, don't take my class if you're not willing to work. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, boy, I like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I yes. took his class and met his folks, his mom and dad. And um, when Jack and Marianne went back down to work in Bogota, Colombia, among uh, mm. university students. Yeah. I would go visit his folks and mm -hmm. just um, be in contact with them. And then God woke me up one night and he said, I want you to support them. And I remember mm -hmm. sending them $16. And <laughs> that was the beginning mm -hmm. of a very significant uh, relationship, friendship. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, when I was 21, um, I went down to Columbia to be with them mm. for a summer, eight weeks. And I thought that my life was heading towards missions. Uh -huh. And when I left that summer, the, Jack told me, he said, um, there are some things that you should, if you're thinking about missions, you need to aim for five areas. He said, get down, learn, get down typing skills. He said, um, get your career. He says, don't just come with a good heart, a big mm. heart. Mm -hmm come with some skill to mm. pass on. He said, get experience, mm. learn the language. Mm -hmm. And then he said, and go to Bible school and mm. get some year, uh, get some Bible background. Yeah. So, that, you know, when I was 21, that, that was my, that was my aim was yeah. to accomplish those things so mm -hmm. that I could eventually get overseas. And, um, that was in the early 70s, mid-70s. Mid mm -hmm. So I finished getting my teaching getting my teaching um, certificate. Okay. Started teaching in a small private secular school, mm -hmm. and I had a terrible year. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, yeah. but I but that summer before I started that uh, um, be, before I started teaching that year. Mm -hmm. I went to uh, Mexico and studied Spanish, thinking, okay, I can start working on my Spanish. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, 
I have a twin sister. So my twin went with the North American Indian Mission to hmm. Canada. Oh. And um, she raved about where she had been. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a small little island off of British, uh, in British Columbia, off of Vancouver Island mm. called Alert Bay. Ooh. And she said, Sally, you would love these people. And mm. by the end of my teaching year, mm-hmm. I, um, I was pretty much asked not to come back or encouraged not to come back because things were shifting in the school. And I thought, yeah. oh, man, Sally, you can't teach. But on the other side, I thought, yay, I'm free. Yeah. And But I didn't know because there were so many teachers, a glut of teachers. And mm-hmm. I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I wound up going with the North American Indian Mission to Canada mm. with my sister that second year for her, my first year. And because I didn't have a job, I asked the principal of the school if I could just learn more about teaching mm-hmm. and be in, be in this little school mm-hmm. with half Native Americans and white children. And so she said, yes, just as long as I didn't proselytize. And I thought, I can do that. Mm-hmm. It's more about my life. Yeah. Living my life mm. with Christ in the center. So that's what I did. I did that for two and a half years and got my feet back on the ground for teaching. Because mm-hmm. I knew that if I didn't stay in teaching, I probably wouldn't. If I didn't go back into teaching and get grounded again, yeah. that I probably would just leave it. Yeah. And, um, so I just have to backtrack just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do when I yeah. was in my first couple of years in college. And I thought Nancy, my sister, my twin had gone off to nursing school and I thought, I'm not sure. And then I went to visit her and I thought, well, maybe I should just give it a try. And the prerequisite was one, it was to take microbiology. I took one day. <laughs> I thought, that is not That's for not me. It. That is, <laughs> I am not into germs. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, well, maybe I should be a teacher. Maybe mm-hmm. I could go into teaching. But I wasn't really sure about that. But I started yeah. moving in that direction. And um, one time I was taking a ferry up to Alert Bay. Uh-huh. And this guy who is um, a worker on the ferry, mm. he said, well, why did you become a teacher? And I said, well, I didn't know what else to do. And he said, I thought so. <laughs> and I thought to myself, never, ever answer that mm. way again. Mm-hmm. It's not because I didn't know what to do, which was, that was partly true. I was trying to figure yeah. it out. But um I wanted it to be more purposeful yeah. than that. It was more like God was guiding me, but it was by default yeah. and just taking steps forward. Mm. And um, so my two years, two and a half years up in Alert Bay were wonderful. Mm-hmm. I loved, I still have such a deep love for the Native Americans. They call them First Nations First people. Nations. So mm-hmm. I, um, and that was very important. While I was, in Alert Bay, I began looking at Bible schools because mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to get my, got my teaching credential, got my years yeah. of experience. I wanted to head off to Bible school. And um, while I was there, it was, Alert Bay, was it was tough. Mm-hmm. It was not an easy place. 
Um, and when I went to um, Bible school in England, I began to question a lot of things. And mm -hmm. I was at one point just saying, Lord, I just, I'm not sure I even want to follow you anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was not sure at all. Tons yeah. of questions. Mm -hmm. And um, I would take these walks in the afternoon and just battle it out with the Lord saying, yeah. I just, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm, I don't know if I want to follow you anymore. Yeah. Things seem really complicated. It's not so cut and dry. It's yeah. not so black and white. And um, uh, we were studying Romans. And in my quiet time, God gave me a verse mm. and it helped me to take that leap of faith and mm. say, this you may not understand everything. You may not get all your answers. Yeah. But you're you are to follow me. Mm. And so the verses, uh, Romans fifteen thirteen, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Mm. And I have to read the rest of it. Wow. Um, so may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I think the thing that's sticks with me most is that um, I have to take a step of faith, mm -hmm. that I place my faith on Him, not about having answers. Yeah. And um, God has kept bringing me back and over and over again to, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's not about you, Sally. Mm -hmm. You have taken a step of faith. It's all about faith and, mm -hmm. and having hope in Him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so... Um, Bible school opened up other opportunities mm -hmm. for me. Um, one was when I came back, I wasn't sure if I wanted to um, go into teaching mm -hmm. or head off into missions, mm -hmm. where exactly. Um, we had a, we were introduced to um, ministry among the Vietnamese. Mm -hmm. And I met a Vietnamese woman that um, we invited her to come to Bible school, and she gave her life to Christ. And mm. I thought, Lord, are you? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. And when I went back to the United States, I was, do I? Where do I work? Yeah. Do I work in the among the Appalachian in the Appalachian Mountains? Because mm -hmm. I'd read Christie while I was in the Lurk Bay, and I thought, <laughs> oh man, she's so much like. What I feel, yeah. Like. And um, so I interviewed for working in the Appalachians, uh -huh. but I also, when I came back to California, um, investigated about working with um, Vietnamese refugees. Mm. And um, while I was talking with a professor who was working with uh, refugees, he told me about William Carey International University. Mm. And I spent some time praying and and fasting about where do you want me, Lord? Yeah. And I believe that God answered my prayers by mm -hmm. having me go to William Carey University mm -hmm. because it would keep me in teaching, but I didn't have to work with kids if I went into teaching Mm -hmm. TESOL, which is teaching English to speakers of other languages, yeah. it would open up my doors for overseas. Mm -hmm. And um, and I 
and I wouldn't have to work on it so hard with disciplining kids. Yeah. It's hard for me, but I, I, anyway, so I, I wound up working on my master's for TESOL. Mm -hmm. And um, right in the midst of that, um, I was still aiming to go overseas, mm -hmm. aiming for Latin America. And um, part of the, the surprises with God and walking yeah. with him is that we can't fit him in a box. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> in 80, uh, so I was looking at missions mm -hmm. for what I was going to do after I finished my master's and got my master's. And um, I was signing up for working with Overseas Missionary Fellowship. And they were going to, so I, I, I was accepted on the condition that I would go into therapy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he said, one of the psychologists said, well, I think there's something there. I'm not really sure what it is, but it might have something to do with your twinship. And um, so I um, started therapy mm -hmm. to take a look at what was going on. But I was also looking at my dating relationships mm -hmm. and um, my family dynamics. And then um, while I was accepted, I began to feel very uneasy mm. about going with Overseas Missionary Fellowship. I was accepted, but every time I got a letter from them, I just go, I'm not so sure. And yeah. it was like I was paying attention to that because yeah. I began to see Okay, I was willing to take a step to say yes, I will I will submit. Mm -hmm. But God had totally different plans mm. for me. And then in June of 84, my brother died. He mm. it was a, a tragic death in Death Valley. And mm. my whole relationship with God took a turn. Yeah. And um it wasn't that I doubted him. I was Screaming mad at God <laughs> mm -hmm. because why didn't you yeah. save him? Yeah. Why didn't you stop that from happening? Mm -hmm. But God, um, God used that mm -hmm. to let me just cling on to Him. Yeah, and that um, even though I was really shaky in my relationship with Him, mm -hmm. God held on to me, and yeah. um, He opened up the door for me to. Um, work. Uh, I went to China in 86 and mm -hmm. while um, English language um, China, ELIC, um, welcomed me to come be a part of their team um, to replace a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so I went I was in some ways like a zombie on the inside because my because because I was so I was still hurting yeah. so deeply. My brother had died, then my dad died, and then I was mm. going going to China, and that opened up my opportunity to go. I was mm -hmm. free to go, and mm -hmm. I asked about it. But um, God used that significantly mm -hmm. um, to create in me. Um, a, a, a joy for um, going overseas and mm -hmm. just like I I thought that I'd be going one direction and here I was going being up in Alert Bay here mm -hmm. I was going to China 
And I thought, my goodness, the missionary life that I thought I was going to have has just changed a lot. Yeah. And um, I went to China and I had a chance after teaching to um, visit Tibet. And I, I remember telling the Lord, I said, or if I could ever work in a place like this, mm-hmm. I would love it. Mm-hmm. Well, that was in 86. In 94, I got this letter from a woman that I had done some teaching with at William Carey saying that she was going to Mongolia. Mm-hmm. And there's something that just went, just went, whew. Yeah. It just jumped out at me. And I thought, oh my gosh, Mongolia. Mm. And I thought it was going to be like China, but... Um, I was on a trip to Alaska with a friend. We drove up to Alaska and back. Wow. And so I have to tell the connection with this. I had, when I was in William Carey doing my thesis, my friend Kim came up to me. I didn't know her then. And she said, do you have a twin sister? And I said, yes, mm-hmm. I do. And she said, did you go with the North American Indian Mission? And I said, yes, I did. And it was that that opened up just a wonderful mm. friendship with with Kim that we've done a lot of different trips together. Yeah. But we were taking this trip up to Alaska and back. And it was during that trip that um, I knew the following summer that I would be going to Mongolia. Yeah. And I was changing churches because I was unsettled in where I was. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing that God does is he, he makes you unsettled, yeah. you know? And so he just does this stirring in our lives yes. to um, move, propel us forward. Mm-hmm. And um, when that unsettling comes, you just go, okay, well, what do you have for me here, Lord? Yes, totally. So um, I went to Mongolia in 95 mm-hmm. for my first year, and I loved it. Mm. And the person that directed the program, she asked me at the end of that summer, she said, would you be willing to be a, a, the director? Mm. Not next summer, but the following three summers. And I thought, oh my gosh. But there was something inside me that was up for the challenge, yeah. as well as I would love it. And it scared the living daylights out of me. Mm. And I realized, okay, this is a huge step. Yeah. The following year, I paid attention to all that she was doing. And then for the following three years, I was teaching full-time in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. I was working um, as a, a second-grade teacher. And so I would go uh, teach in Mongolia. Uh, no, I would go teach during the school year and then go to Mongolia. Wow. And... I was a team leader and then director, and but then I would come back and teach my school year and then mm. go back and do wow. Mongolia. And That's cool. And it was life-giving for me. Yeah. And um, I did that for eight years. And then in, um, eight, in, nine, let's see, in 2004, um, my whole intention is to invest my life in others. And mm. so... I invited three young girls that were college age to come with me, but they didn't quite get it, mm-hmm. but I could tell. Yeah. They were pretty much into themselves, and mm-hmm. um, I was kind of disappointed, but uh, the Lord said, don't, you've given, 
I wanted you to give to those girls. Yeah. And um, they were exposed to a, an amazing opportunity. Mm. And uh, my Mongolian friends gave and gave and gave to them. And it was okay. Mm-hmm. I had to kind of pull back and take a look at what I was doing. And yeah. Then God opened up opp- opportunities for me to go to Africa. Um I had a longtime friend that, again, I, you know, it's all about investing in others. Mm. I, when I was um, in the early 70s, I had met this met with this woman and another person who had just become a Christian. So Diana and Lisa, we met every morning, early, early, early in the morning mm. um, to be in a Bible study together. Mm-hmm. And Lisa was growing and loving loving her new relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. and Diane was growing and so that was also um, that Bible study group that that small group where we began to look at um, a contemplative life mm. and that was the beginning of my real contemplative life yeah but later um, uh, Lisa knew that I had an interest in missions, and she and her husband were going to um, Ethiopia, and they asked if I would join their group, mm-hmm. their mission group. And it was just another piece of, Lord, you, you just open up the doors to amazing mission opportunities. It's not what I expected. Yeah. But um, it's taken a totally different turn. Mm-hmm. So that was... In 2005, and then in 2008, 10, and 12, I went to, um, my friend Kim had invited me with people in her group, in her church, to go to Tanzania. Mm. So I did. So fun. And it was all because of teaching English. Mm-hmm as a second language, teaching English to speakers of other languages. Yeah. And it was that ticket mm. that has opened up opportunities well, for going overseas. Yeah. And um, so... So it's kind of been different than you originally expected. Yeah, but it's been amazing. Yeah. So cool. I love that. Oh. And and one thing I love about you, you kind of touched on it, is that contemplative yeah. life that you've gone into. And, and I think that's one thing I so admire about you and have learned from you is just to have that space with the Lord of listening and that quiet. And how has that helped direct you and guide you um, as you've sought the Lord's direction in different seasons? In when I went to this new church in 95, mm-hmm. I was in an Episcopal church in San Gabriel. There was a, a priest there that uh, his heart was so beautiful and so on, on so um, connected with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he introduced me to the more of the contemplative life. Mm-hmm. And um, so he began different prayer groups. Mm-hmm. And so I met with a group for contemplative prayer mm-hmm. weekly. And so that was kind of the, I was part of that group for mm, 
probably about 15 years until mm -hmm. I moved down here. I met regularly, but the, the group changed. But um, there was a, a core of us that mm -hmm. would continue to meet. And, um, and then we had... Um, I, I to, to Zay's services, and I went to those. Mm -hmm. It was more of a contemplative, quiet space, and we had quiet days. And he he led those quiet days, and then he left the church and went to a church in Arizona. And I missed him, but that was just the, the, a real grounding piece for yeah contemplation. And yeah. then there was a uh, another priest that I'd known way back in earlier days in Pasadena, and she and her husband invited me to um, take a course on spiritual direction. Mm. And um, uh, so I did, that was in 2008, mm -hmm. and um, one of the requirements was to have a spiritual director. Mm -hmm. And so I started, but I was, my, 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 my I had a, um, an a friendship that was falling apart. Mm -hmm. That was pretty, it was a very dear friend that um, I had invested my mm -hmm. life with and that kind of fell, it changed. Mm -hmm. And that was very, very painful for me, but yeah. that was God's doing. Yeah. And um, so having a spiritual director mm -hmm. for me at that point was a good thing cuz yeah. she was just a, a listener. Yeah. Whether I got as much direction it was it was what I needed at the yeah. time. Um when I moved down here I um I began to get thirsty again for another spiritual director. Mm -hmm. And um I went on a pilgrimage uh, to Italy, mm -hmm. and um, that's when I really began to go. Okay, I need to have another spiritual director. Yeah, I need I need that in my life, and um, so I began in seeking one and, and did an interview three mm -hmm. times with different people that were recommended to me. And mm -hmm. the third one, I go, oh my gosh, this is the person that I feel connection with. Mm -hmm. And so I've been meeting with her now for, I'm going into my third year. Mm -hmm. And um, so how, so this contemplative piece is really important to me because um, there are times where God has pulled me out to just do special days of quiet mm -hmm. and uh, a year and a half ago. So how, how it, so how, it ha so the last thing that happened was um, I went on a quiet retreat a year ago. Mm -hmm. I think it was a year ago. And um, uh, it was just wonderful to be quiet out in the desert in Vallermo. Mm -hmm. And I walked by this table and picked up a couple of chocolates. And, it's, uh, and the idea is to pay attention to all around you, but mm. just listen. Yeah. So... Picked up these two chocolates, and the Dove chocolates have these little sayings inside oh, yes. them. And so my 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 I walk I picked them up on my pathway to pick up a chair and go out sit out in the middle of a open space mm -hmm. out in the middle of a field, mm -hmm. and wanted to meet God there. And so I opened up one chocolate and I said, "Ride with the top down." <laughs> I 
thought, oh my gosh, does that mean, Lord, you want me to have fun? And I thought, yes. <laughs> I love that. And um, <laughs> so that's listening to God. Yeah. What, what does that mean? Hmm. So I wanted to pay attention to that. Yes. And the other thing was, um, this must have been two years ago, because um, the other thing, the other chocolate said, do something new with an old friend. Hmm. And so that retreat was in October. And in December, Kim said, Sally, would you like to do a pilgrimage to Iona, uh, to a an island where spiritual direction and quiet space hmm. and listening to God is really important. Well, and yes. Yeah. So we, there was a group of us that went mm -hmm. and it was just a very, very special time. Mm -hmm. um, That's so great. So last, last December, um, we've had these Advent services at Little Church by yes. the sea. And um, those have been very, very powerful in my life. Mm -hmm. And in one of the services, um, the song was about um, the, um, I'm forgetting it, the Valley of Vision. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I've been asking, I was asking God, Lord, give me a vision. Mm. For my life, yeah. it's not just about caregiving, because mm -hmm. you know I, I taught. Um, I have to back up a little bit. When I came back from China, I started. Um, I was teaching English at three different places, and my life was crazy. It was mm -hmm. crazy, crazy, and I was very busy going from one location to another. And I thought, I can't keep doing this. This is not mm -hmm. good. And my and in my and my therapist, he said. Do that when you're retired. Get a job with you have, where you have benefits. And so I interviewed for a full-time teaching position mm -hmm. in Pasadena, and I, I got it. Mm -hmm. And so that was what I started doing. And mm -hmm. I did that for 25 years. Mm -hmm. And so I was teaching in Pasadena and then doing my summer things yeah. overseas. Yeah. But my... Um, I, teach, I taught 25 years, and then I retired... And God has always laid it on my heart to just pay attention to what's going on with mom and to help her. Mm. And um, and I have picked that up from overseas. Mm -hmm. People don't abandon their elderly. Yeah. And that has sat very deep in me. Yes. And so I when I retired... Um, I wanted to, I intentionally left teaching, knowing that it was time to go. Mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to take care of mom. Mm -hmm. And it's been um, six years of caregiving. Yeah. And mom is up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, where was I going to go with that? Um, oh, the Valley of Vision. So... Um, in November, when I met with my spiritual director, she said, I told her that it was just hard caregiving. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, when you went into caregiving, you didn't know it was going to be 
this many years yeah. and this long and yeah. this intense. Yeah. She said, you may want to renegotiate. Mm-hmm. And that word, it was like you take those words and you just go, okay, listen to those words. Yeah. Pay attention to those. Mm-hmm. So um, I told my twin, I said, Nancy, I have, I've got to, I'm sinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got to renegotiate. Yes. And um, we weren't sure what that was going to look like, but Kim um, got an invitation. She was hiking with uh, some missionary friends that I had gone to Tanzania with. Mm-hmm. And she said, Peter and Tammy with Wild Hope have invited us to come teach mm. English to their workers yes, and to help set up a library in Tanzania. Mm. So among the Maasai. And um, when I got that text from Cam, I just go, oh my gosh, Nancy. She was working with mom, helping do some stuff, you know, get mom into a, a Hoyer lift and get her in a wheelchair. And she said, I said, Nancy, listen to this. And Nancy looks at me and she says, go. And I, I, love that. I, I was like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So I just don't go because yeah. Nancy said so. I yeah. go because, okay, I'm renegotiating yep. my spiritual director. I wanted yeah. to get the okay from the spiritual director. I wanted to get it from um, others that know me well. Mm-hmm. From Nancy, my spiritual director, from others that know me well. Mm-hmm. From those that I see as leaders over me, so I asked Jeff yep. from church, and um, they also Jeff said the question that you have to ask yourself is why not? Yeah, and that was the final go ahead for me. Yeah, so it was more like listening, listening to the Lord through the Word. Yeah, listening to people that are important in your life. Yes. Paying attention to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And so um, where I am right now is I'm weary. I'm I'm tired. Nancy's, I've come back from giving those wonderful two months in, mm. in Tanzania. They were wonderful, life-giving. Mm. And I flourish overseas. I, everything yeah. inside me knows that. Yeah. And I've known that since I went to stay with Jack and Marianne in Colombia. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like in the future. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to... I don't know. I, Kim and I... She's just a, such a good traveling buddy mm-hmm. and such a good friend. And we yeah. do well together. We complement each other and and how, and how we teach. Mm-hmm. And so it, I don't know if I'll go with Kim again to another mm-hmm. teaching experience. Mm-hmm. We both kind of keep our ears open and um but um I don't know what God has for me next. Yeah. But I want to just keep my options ears open. open. And I, I know that I can't do anything um I will continue to take care of mom. Yeah. I will take care of mom, but I also need to take care of myself. So I'll take some breaks. And Nancy is coming home from being two months away. So she'll take over and help Mm -hmm. me take care of mom. That's awesome. Um, We know that mom is, she's 
she keeps talking about saying goodbyes, so I don't know mm -hmm. how much longer. She's so yeah. up and down, so I don't know what yeah. the what this will look like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know I've got more that I want to do. You do. <laughs> I do. Amazing life ahead. Oh, well, yeah. what a wonderful story. It's so great. And I feel like there's so many pieces of wisdom in there, you know, just get investing your life in others that's as you're doing with mom. That's exactly and, it. Yes. Investing your life. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, when I met you, Mo, mm -hmm. I... Um, I didn't know what it was going to look like, but when you shared, we were in that small little cabin group, mm -hmm. and when you shared about some questions you had, I thought, oh, it's all about having the freedom to have those questions yes. and to keep asking those good questions. Yep. And I felt like, just spend time with Mo, you know, yeah. and, and, I, and it's those kinds of things, you know, pay attention to the people around you. God may call you to invest in those people. Yeah. And, um, listen to what they're saying and um, mm -hmm. because what we pass on to others they're the ones that are going to take the torch next yes and so young people um, need to be listening to older people mm -hmm. older people need to be wow passing on um, gems for the future and mm -hmm. um our world is changing. It's yeah. changing rapidly yeah. and dynamically, yes. and it's important to uh, keep keep our feet on the ground in terms of who we're listening to mm -hmm. and um, do the careful selection. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, and that's why I invited you on because you're one of those voices <laughs> that's amazing to listen to and so much wisdom. So thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks for sharing your story. Thank you for being who you are in my life and for sharing with this audience just all your wisdom. So thank you so much. Thanks thank for you. joining us, everybody. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. <laughs>